0: Duaneino, little, little, little boy. He I hit know. it. He got it. He hit it. We got, deep. It. We're got oh. it. Mike Duaneino <laughs> just walked off Minnesota. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Amen, brother.
1: Campbell's ready. One, one. Good speed out there. Pitch. Drive left center.
0: Finish.
2: everybody, welcome to the Soto Mojo Trade Deadline uh, Podcast. Uh, this is uh, co-site expert Colby Patnode here with other site expert Ty Gonzalez and <laughs> Jeff Nooney. Uh, we are here to talk today about, well, I guess nothing really happened with the Mariners, guys. Do you just want to talk about Doug Baldwin for 20 minutes and get out of here? Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, who's going to be the long snapper for the Seahawks this year?
2: You know, I, I heard they were having trouble finding a holder, Jeff. That's something you can do, right? You could be a holder. Yeah, why not? Yeah, so there you go. So, that's probably uh, what they're talking about on seven ten right now. Yeah. Zing. So. <laughs> anyways, uh, we are not going to talk about the Seahawks. We are actually going to talk instead about the uh, the trade deadline. The Mariners have been busy uh, since the last time we talked, which was last uh, Monday. They've at, they've made four trades since then. They've made three trades in the last uh, 24 hours or so. So um, yeah, you know, let's let's get into these deals. I guess we'll just start right with the top and go from the first one, which was uh, the Mariners acquiring Sam Tuivala, which is a fun name to say, uh, from the St. Louis Cardinals in exchange for Seth Ellidge. Um, so Ty tell us a little bit about Tui Valala and uh, what you think of the deal.
1: Yeah, so uh, you know how you guys have heard of uh, loogies. Well, we have a roogie. Tui Valala is a, a, a writing specialist, straight up. He's terrible against the left-handed hitters right now, and that's uh, fine, because the, um, the Mariners' bullpen right now is a lot deeper than, than what the Cardinals have been, so uh, he won't get many opportunities against lefties, um, but he's been really, really good against righties this year, uh, 58% ground ball percentage, which puts him in the top 30 uh, uh, for right-handed relievers against righties. Um, righties are just slashing 221, 247, 284 against them for a 232 Woba. That's that's really good. Um, yeah, it, it, came, it came out of nowhere. Um, it's tough losing Ellage, but, um, you basically get Seth Elledge that can help you now for a Seth Elledge that can help you later. Um, but yeah, just looking at these splits. Uh, 19 and two thirds innings work. Uh, I told you the flash lines. He's got 18 strikeouts. He's got a uh, fastball that can reach 97. Uh, it's been averaging at about 95 and a half, 96 miles per hour this year. Um, that's a, that's that's a sneaky odd, and considering that he probably won't be in a lot of high leverage situations for the rest of the year, uh, and you ha- you'll have a guy that has this kind of talent. And he has all that club control. Uh, I think he's controlled until 2022 or 2023. That's um, that's a really that's a really good deal for the Mariners. Uh, the only problem is he's already out of options. So if you're going to keep him until 2023, he has to be on the team uh, the whole way through. So um, yeah, that kind of that, that's a little bit of a handicap uh, considering that he's still trying to work some things out, and again, he's just a righty specialist. Um, but if he can work on uh, his, his uh, ability to get lefties out in the future, then uh, that's a really good uh, deal for you for the future. He's 25 years old right now, so there's still a lot of time for him to develop. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a solid, solid deal to start everything off.
2: Jeff?
0: Yeah, I mean, Ty pretty much touched on everything. We really need to know about him, Uh, his lefties. He is atrocious against lefties this year. Um, But maybe some of that, you know, maybe that's not his career path. He's just a righty specialist. Uh, The Cardinals kind of had a lot of issues this season with a lot of different reasons going on, and I'm sure we'll touch on some Cardinals information later. But um, just kind of just glancing through his uh, – pitching stats this year. Uh nine point nine hits per nine. Uh it's not ideal, especially with a three point one percent three point one blocks per nine. But um he's a good ground ball pitcher. Uh he can probably get out of some situations that he may put himself in. Um with that with the good defense behind him. Um I like the move. I, I do uh Seth Elled is a good prospect. Uh you're gonna hear me say it again later too is uh what's tough to remember is is we have a lot of bias with these prospects. We we kind of grow up watching them. You know, we we see them progress through the system. We watch them with a very close eye. Uh, At the same time, um, looking at it in the grand scheme of things and from a national perspective, uh, it's a very thin farm system. Uh, That's kind of what people say. And we've got to take that into consideration. And when you can trade a reliever that maybe a year away, maybe less, depending on the situation that will unfold in St. Louis, um, I would make that trade 100 times over.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, like you guys pretty much touched on everything. Uh, the thing about Tui Balala is, is that he's got, he throws hard, 95-mile-an-hour um, fastball. It's a bit of a sinker sinking action to it. Um, slider and change-up. Also to go with, or, uh, sorry, yeah, uh, Sorry, there's an official uh, trade went down. Uh, Jonathan Scope to the uh, Brewers for VR, Luis Ortiz and uh, Gene Carmona, so uh, that's something. Anyways, uh, sinker, uh, slider, pitcher, really. Um, throws hard. He's got good movement on his pitches. I think there's uh, room for growth here. The strikeouts, I think, can go up. And, uh, you know, he's just a guy who. When you get into the fifth inning and Chris Davis is up to bat with the winning, with the uh, tying run at second base, I mean, would you rather have Wade LeBlanc face Chris Davis for the third time or Tui Blala? You know, so he's a matchup guy, but I, that doesn't mean he's not a good add. So, uh, all in all, anytime you can add a useful major league piece for somebody who will absolutely be a bullpen guy going forward, uh, you you probably make that deal. So, um. Overall, that,
1: that's 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 a uh, fine opening act, I would say. And then uh, we got a uh, kind of like a breaking thing here that kind of leads into our next topic. Um, so the next deal that the Mariners made in uh, acquiring Zach Duke from the um, from the Twins, Duke has just been added to the active roster, and the Mariners have placed uh, Rowena Salius on the 10-day DL with a left tricep strain. So. Um, as for Duke, uh, the, the lefty from the Twins, um, you know, he's 35 years old. He's a rental. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of judge where he will uh, contribute to you after, after the season. Uh, he probably will leave. He's a bit of a journeyman. Uh, so he gives you a little bit of a boost, a uh, second lefty uh, to pair with uh, James pazos out of the bullpen. Um, For the next three months, Uh, right now he's got a 2.68 flip, which I believe is his third best mark of uh, his entire career. He's been a reliever since 2012 uh, with the Nationals. That's kind of when he made his mark. He was kind of a failed uh, experiment as a starter. Uh, He's been really good against lefties uh lefties actually funny enough i believe this is the same exact slash line as Valola against righties 237 274 288 if it's not exactly that it's pretty much the same well 249 uh and the biggest biggest part of it all is he hasn't given up a home run either so even when he's uh been kind of bad against righties they still haven't left the left the stadium on him so um yeah, guys. What do you uh, What do you think about uh, Zach Duke?
0: Um, I like the move. I, I like adding another solid lefty, um, to the bullpen. Pazzo's has been great, but uh, we've used him quite often. Uh, just kind of going through the numbers here. His strikeout, per, er, strikeouts per nine is nine point four. That's that's good. That's very good. Uh, the walks are up there, at three point six per nine. But um, I'm I I really like this move. Um I'm not really remembering the two prospects we traded for him, but uh, Chase DeYoung and uh, Brian Costello. There go. You don't have to remember yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, Chase DeYoung, that was a uh, if I, I said in the group chat, I mean you guys can't see that obviously, but the group chat I said I would have traded a bag of balls and a kick in the you know what for Chase DeYoung. So <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um yeah, like, like you said, he's a rental player, but um, he, he's been solid, and he's going to really help out this bullpen. I
2: really believe that. Yeah, the uh, he's a high-ground ball guy. What he gives you, and more importantly what he gives Scott Service, is a second lefty um, that he can use earlier in games. So instead of seeing James Pazos face, I don't know, Cole Calhoun, in the, you know, in the fifth or sixth, you can save him and have him face him in the eighth, or in extras or whatever. So adding Duke is really nice. Um, like these guys said, high ground ball guy, so that's good. Doesn't give up home runs. He misses bats, and he's not so bad against righties that if you have like if you're at the bottom of the order and they're sending up a lefty and a righty and a lefty, you can leave him in there to face that that righty and he'll, he'll probably be okay um i the way i kind of looked at this is that the mariners by trading for Tui Valla and zach duke they've essentially traded for another seventh inning type of guy um but instead of doing instead of paying the price to get one of those seventh inning guys they just brought in two guys to do that job and they got them for pretty much nothing i mean uh, Seth Elledge is the big name there that's the guy who's most likely to pop and if he does pop it's going to be as a 7th inning reliever so um, I like to look at Duke and uh, Tui Balala as one guy um, essentially and uh, you know the Mariners didn't give up much to get either of them so it, it's hard not to like these deals uh, the bullpen is getting deeper and uh, you know it's a little bit more matchup savvy so you know those those things matter, especially down the stretch, and especially when you're the Mariners, who doesn't have the deep pitch, the deep starting pitching depth to uh, to really not have these matchup guys in your bullpen. So right. I like the deal. Yeah,
1: for sure. So um, the next deal, and I'll yeah. let you take this one, Colby. This one was pretty surprising and uh, yep. pretty 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 exciting too.
2: Yeah, uh, of course he's talking about the uh, oh, probably the biggest, uh, probably the biggest name to come to the Seattle Mariners. That is, of course, Yankee reliever Adam Warren, um, who was a really a shocking trade. I think um, Tui Balala was a little surprising, Bar-ho. just because we hadn't heard his name before, but. Uh, you know that's the type of reliever you expected them to add we had talked about Zach Duke before I know a lot of people had so that wasn't very surprising and then uh, down comes the news that Adam Warren is going to be a Seattle Mariner um, and they got him for a pretty big chunk of international slot money but that's it so uh, Ty I guess we'll start with you Um, um, man what what do you think about Adam Warren to the Mariners That's
1: Fantastic. I mean, you just got a um, a proven high leverage reliever for from from a contender who you will likely play if you make the playoffs for you know a million dollars of slot money and um, you know maybe with the, how the Otani thing went, the you know the Mariners they have learned that you know slot money doesn't mean everything in the uh, international market. So um so they you know so they use what they have and they they get a, a fantastic pitcher he's also a rental but I could see them uh, easily bringing him back during the offseason season uh because he's just that good 86.2% left on base percentage right now uh he he um has a K per nine of 11 it's insane uh, that we just got this guy for just international slot money. This is These are uh, numbers not even uh, Jermis Familia has been posting. And I know that Familia, you know, looks a little bit different with him being a closer. But still, um, the Yankees have used Warren in some high-leverage situations over the last couple of years. Um, he's only pitched 30, 30 innings this year. He uh, dealt with a little bit of an injury. Uh, I forget what exactly. Um, I saw something about it yesterday. But, uh... Yeah, it's you know he's he's going to be a guy that you can use at any point. You know he's a converted um, reliever from a starter, uh, so he can go multiple innings if you need him to. He has done that in the past, Um, as you can see, thirty innings over twenty four games this year. Uh, So he can. uh, He's basically uh, your your Chase and Bradford replacement, and I mean, if that's a Chase and Bradford replacement, that is a huge, huge, huge upgrade. (laughs) Um. Yeah, uh, and he's also, uh, you know, he's equally as good ag- against lefties as he is righties. But even but with righties, he's been unreal this year. 170, 246, 271 slash line with a 234 wall. That's incredible. Um, lefties hitting a bit better. That's to be expected. But still, he can hold his own. Uh, a bit of that is probably from his experience as a starter. Um, but yeah, that's that's incredible. And uh, most of uh, the damage done against him this year has been while he's been playing at that Little League ballpark of Yankee Stadium. On the road, 12 innings pitch, uh, .73 ERA, 119 batting average against That's That's fantastic. And him uh, pitching in Safeco Field for the most part, that's really going to help him. Adam Warren is a legit pitcher. This If Columet falls off the rails... Adam Warren could easily become like your your new center man, but now Cullomay is coming around the bullpen right now. Uh, and I know I'm going on for a bit long, but the bullpen I'm so excited about this bullpen now. Nick Vincent is now your seventh or eighth option in this bullpen. That's uh that's pretty that's pretty good. Uh, you know, considering that. You know, Vincent and, and Nicasio at times have been the weak links. Nicasio's starting to come around. He's been pretty good since the uh, the break. And uh, you know, Vincent, you know, he can get it going when he needs to. Uh, considering that those guys are now your seventh, eighth options out of this bullpen, that's that's something that shouldn't be overlooked. That's that's big time. That's going to help you in a in a playoff race. That's going to help you in a in a wild card game if you need that depth. If you know, if uh, Marco Gonzalez is at an innings cap and he only has to pitch, you know, uh, he's only able to pitch for about three innings in a playoff game, and you have this kind of bullpen. That's that's huge, and Adam Warren is a huge part of that. So I'm I'm very very excited about what this deal entails. Jeff. Yeah,
0: you know the the one thing that really stands out to me about Adam Warren was. Uh,
2: Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. The one thing that really stands
0: out about Adam Warren is uh, his case per nine has gone up by almost three full strikeouts this year uh, than any of his other numbers in his career. Um, that's huge. If he can get, you know, I mean, strikeouts are, are, you know, they're great, and they're not everything, but they're important. And, um,. Especially when you're a high leverage guy, you're going to be coming on, coming in sometimes with guys on base, and sometimes a strikeout is better than a flyout if there's a guy of one out. So I really am excited about that. And then he did he did deal with some injuries this year, so numbers are a little up from what they were last season. But he's a guy that can come out. Last year in 2017 for the Yankees, he pitched in 46 games and had 57 innings pitched. So. I am really, this trade came out of nowhere, it really did, Um, when I got the uh, confirmation text that I got, I was really shocked, I thought it was an an error, so I'm very excited about Adam Warren, he's going to be one of the top, I think he's the third best arm in that bullpen now, today.
2: That's saying so, because it's a pretty good bullpen, um... Yeah, you know the thing I like about Warren is he can cover multiple innings for you. Um, eight of his twenty-four appearances this year have been of uh, four outs or more, um, and with the Mariners having a couple guys who may be on innings caps and all that, that can really help. So, nice. Uh, I like that. Um, you know, one of the other things that I think maybe this 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 is a stretch. I'll admit, but the Mariners are bringing him in as a rental maybe they resign him maybe they don't but if they do um, i would just like to point out that as a starting pitcher in major league baseball adam warren in 111 innings has an opponent slash line of 247 315 371 it's pretty good 82 strikeouts in the 111 innings not so good but he has a 3.88 ERA as a uh, as a starter in the big leagues um and uh, 4.16 fifth, which is about average. So Adam Warren this year, he is your jack of all trades in the bullpen. He is the guy that you give the ball to in the fourth when Marco needs to come out in the third. He's all of those things. And he can even close out a game if you really needed him to, but right now he's probably the fourth or fifth option to close out that game. The Mariners' bullpen is deep, it's dangerous, it's good, and maybe the Mariners have added a potential starting pitcher for next year, if they can re-sign him. Just something to think about. But, again, for this year, Warren is your jack-of-all-trades. He's a guy who can do everything from long relief to close games. And that's that's great, uh, That's great. a great feeling to have. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of when when, when the
0: Mariners traded for David Phelps. And I kind of felt yeah. like that. Right. I was excited about David Phelps, and I, I, I just... That his name just kept popping into my head just thinking about it. Uh, next year he's back in the bullpen at at some point um, because he had Tommy John this last year. So you know, I mean, that would be having two guys like that in your at the back of your bullpen is just um, that's good for the future. That's,
1: that's I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I would agree with that. So well, actually, say uh, it looks like David Phelps is unrestricted next year.
2: Huh? Okay, well. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it's, no, yeah, nice. they can bring him back. They could bring him back. Yeah, uh, we'll see what Take happens. A fire. Yeah, I might as well. Just uh, it is funny though that you mentioned Phelps because it, for me, if Phelps is healthy, do the Mariners go out and do they get uh, Denard Span and Alex Colomay And uh, you know,
1: well, they probably still get Span because of the canoe thing.
2: Yeah, but do they get Colomay? Uh No, probably, probably not. Anyways, um, moving on, uh, the final trade the Mariners made today. Um, <sighs> it's, it's the Mariners acquired Cameron Mabin from the Miami Marlins for Bryson Brigman. So, Ty, why don't you talk for a while because I need to lay down. Okay, <laughs> right, so um,
1: if you guys were on Twitter last night, I had a question uh, about whether I would want um, Cameron Mabin or uh, Guillermo or uh, Leona Uh Basically, what I said was Cameron Mabin is basically what you already have in uh, Guillermo Heredia. And, uh, you know, obviously I would love to have Leona Spartan. Well, Leona uh, went to Cleveland earlier today, so that's heartbreaking. And we ended up with Mabin. Um... The thing that I didn't, uh, take note of, though, Cameron Maven's been really good this last month, um, like, really good, uh, here, let me pull up these, these stats for the last month, uh, from June 30th to July 30th, Cameron Maven's slashing, 319, 434, 464 with a Woma of 396, WRC plus 152. Uh, Last night um, went one for two with a double. Um, He's batting in the nine hole. uh, He was batting in the nine hole for for the Marlins, so that's probably where he'll be. He'll be the new center fielder. I mean, considering what we what little offense we've been receiving from Guillermo Heredia, and now we're getting Cameron Maven on a really, really hot streak, that's that's a, that's a pretty big swing. Um, yeah, obviously we'd, we'd we'd rather have Leonis just because we love Leonis, but honestly at this point Cameron Maven's been kind of a better hitter than Leonis because uh, ever since Leonis returned from a hamstring injury earlier, he's hasn't been uh, as good as he was at the start of the season. Um, Maven also, uh, per fan graphs is uh, considered a uh, much better uh, defensive player than Guillermo Heredia. Mm, um, I, I don't know about that uh, eye test-wise, but we'll see. Uh, by uh, UZR standards, um, Maven has, is actually in his... Uh, is having his third best defensive season of his career. Uh, I think he has a 4.4 or no 4.7 years. right now, uh, over all three, uh, outfield spots. So he does give you some flexibility there, but he'll be the center fielder, uh, from now on. I, I think Heredia goes down. Um, also, another thing of note is uh, he has an 11.1% walk percentage, which right now, amongst uh, Mariners, hitters with at least 250 at-bats, at that would be the second highest behind Mitch Haniger, who has a walk percentage of, one, of 11.7. So that's another big thing. He does strike out a bit, 19.2% strikeout rate. Um, his WRC plus on the season is just 91, uh, slash line of 251, 338, 343. It's not great. Uh, a lot of that has been boosted by his hot um, July. Uh, he was even he was even doing pretty well in, in in June though. So this is this just might be him finally coming around, and this is just how it'll be for the rest of the season. If so, that's great, um, and that's a significant add because uh, yeah, like like I said, Heredia was basically not doing much for you. Uh, they really have been experimenting uh, as of late with. Uh, Managar in center, Gamal in right, Span and left, which isn't defensively the most optimal uh, lineup, um, but that's just because Heredia has just been so bad at the plate that they just kind of had to do that with Heredia coming in as a defensive replacement late in games. Um, so yeah, so I don't I don't necessarily love it, um, but I don't hate it as much as I expected I would. Um, you know, I've always liked Cameron Maven. I, I actually, when the um, Angels got him in 2016 from the Tigers, I, I felt kind of jealous um, because, uh, yeah, he he has been a really good ball player at times in his career. had a bit of an off year last year, especially when he got traded to Houston. But um, it's a solid move. It's a solid move. Uh, it, it does upgrade the offense a little bit. Um but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's not anything mind-blowing, but it helps. Jim, yeah, you
0: know, I'm actually pretty happy with it. Um, just kind of going through some things here. Uh, Guillermo Heredia, I mean, I don't base everything off a of war, but Guillermo has a negative negative point two war, and Cameron, Cameron Mabin, even with the terrible start, has a 1.2. So he's effectively... He, he's just a better player this year. Um, right now, you're getting negative production from Heredia, which War takes into consideration defense too. So, and Heredia's been playing good defense, but I, I'm just I'm happy with it. Um, it gives you a solid. A, I mean, he's solid. He, he'll bat ninth for you, and he gets on base. And if he can, if you can get guys on base at the bottom of that lineup for when you have uh, Gene Segura batting second. Um. That that's going to help. So I, I'm happy with it. Uh, losing Brickman is eh, whatever to me. Um, he's not going to be a star in the league. He's going to be an okay player if he makes it to the majors. Um, I really didn't think he was going to make it to the majors in a Mariners uniform. So getting a rental center fielder that will help you for this playoff push and can get on base, I'm 100% behind it. It's not flashy, but think that's that's the right move and i wanted leonis martin uh from detroit because i i love the guy we all have we all do when we've said it a, a ton on twitter but uh cleveland gave up their eighth t- their eighth best prospect to get him i don't think seattle would have matched that so cameron maven's okay for me
2: yeah um you know obviously I don't know there's been a bigger supporter of the uh, bring Leonis to Seattle thing than me. So uh, that was a bummer when I saw that he went to Cleveland. Um, I will say it was uh, like my hurt was dampened a little bit when I saw the price. Um, The Tigers got a legit prospect for Leonis Martin. Um, And like you said, there's their number eight prospect uh, for the Mariners to compete with that. You might have been looking at Evan White, and as much as I love Leonis Martin, am I willing to give him up for? Am I willing to get, give up Evan White to get him? No, and I'll give up Evan White to get a lot of things, but I wouldn't have done it to get Leonis Martin. Um, as for Maven, you know, he can kind of do a little bit of everything for you, um, except hit for, hit for power. Um, he can play defense pretty well at all three spots. He's a decent base runner. Um, at least he was in the past. Not so much this year, but he does have eight steals. So um, he walks. He doesn't really have a discernible split. He he actually he hits right-handed hitter, right-handed pitching better than he hits uh than he hits lefty, left-handed pitching. It's close, but you know he's he's a reverse split guy technically. Um, he's only 31 years old. Uh, he he's he is also a rental so. You know, overall, Maven is a, a fine player. Um, I think he helps. Uh, he's certainly better than running Guillermo Heredia out there every single day right now. Um, and we'll see what they do with Heredia. Probably send him down would make the most sense. Um, but Heredia saw his value to you. In uh, particular in September, you can put him in left field, and you can have Maven in center and uh, Haniger in right, and that's a pretty good defensive outfield late in games. So, uh you know, my, my lethargy towards Cameron Maven probably has more to do with Leonis Martin not being here than it does, you know, Cameron Maven. But, I mean, yeah, he's a useful piece. And Brigman, I like Brigman. He was having a nice year, but he prob- he's probably a utility guy. Um, and he's at least two years away from being in the big leagues, probably three. And that's if he doesn't flame out, which is totally possible. I like Brigman, but Maven helps you now. And uh, I really don't think Bryce and Brigman had a future with the Mariners. So overall, the deal's fine. Um, I Wait. just wanted Leonis really bad. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, overall, it's fine. Yeah, so. Um adding yeah, another outfielder makes
1: uh, the Canoe situation a little bit harder. Um, I do expect at some point that they are going to go back to a seven-man bullpen. Um, meaning that I think Nick Vincent will be a waiver deadline trade. Um, or sometime in August will be a waiver trade. Um, I don't know what they would get for maybe just cash. Uh, I, I doesn't really matter. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, it's what they did. It's solid. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit disappointed that um, they didn't get uh, a utility player uh, because I just, I'm tired of watching Andrew Romine um, and seeing him on this roster. But, it's, you know, it's fine. Um, they got better today and. Uh, their lineup has gotten deeper, and you know Ben Gamble is now uh, going going to go back to his normal platoon with uh, Denard Span. They'll just kind of shift them out as uh, in and out as they see fit. And um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it, they didn't have you know much to give up. Uh, I do kind of like the um, the notion that. They believe in Kyle Lewis and, and Evan White and Julio Rodriguez enough not to just ship them off, especially for rental players, um, because that's probably what they what they had available to them. They, um, and it was probably just not viable. Um, so it does give me some hope in, in what they see in those guys, um, especially someone like Julio Rodriguez, who's only seventeen. Uh, but seeing them kind of, you know, not be willing to move him because he's a nice piece. I'm sure I'm sure some teams asked uh, for him. I'm sure a lot of teams asked for Kyle Lewis. I'm sure a lot of teams asked for Alvin White. Uh, the one guy that I'm surprised did not get traded is Max Posey. Um, but, you know, uh, that still maybe could happen. I don't know. Um, I to Devil's Advocate real quick
0: on, since we're talking about the, 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 the blah 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 since we're talking about the prospects yeah. uh, from an outside perspective what is Evan White I mean he's a first baseman with no power uh, maybe the power develops but in today's baseball game in today's MLB that doesn't work um, he would probably have to shift to somewhere else and have to learn a whole new defensive or you know def- or defensive position um, and that takes time uh, Julio Rodriguez, like you said, is 17. I'm not sure Julio is Juan Soto or Bryce Harper. So, you know, he's still I am. He's not. light years away. I'm sorry? I am sure that he's not, so. <laughs> <laughs> so he's still light years away. Kyle Lewis is just getting back from a pretty catastrophic knee injury. And he's playing well, but he's still down in single A, so he's still a, at least a year and a half away. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I I'm not like what Keith Law tweeted and said that we have no prospects. I think I don't like Keith Law at all, so I'm kind of biased against you. But I'm <laughs> outside perspective. I mean, really, the Mariners don't have much to trade. So everybody that was tweeting at us wanting Chris Archer, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it it's just it. There's no way it could have happened. And seeing what Chris Archer was traded for. Even if we that yes. shipped all three of those guys, Lewis, White, and Rodriguez, I don't think we would have got Archer. Not close. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just wanted to play a little devil's advocate. Yeah, here. I love the I love our prospects. I love what we're doing. Um, I like them a lot. But
1: I, mean, I yeah. What I'm saying know. is like I I like that they believe in them enough not to just trade them for less of what they believe they're worth. I agree. I agree. Um. So, yeah, it's, you know, because, like, the best the best player that they probably could have gotten for Kyle Lewis at this point probably would have been maybe Kella from the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, for a reliever that's not giving up a, a potential... Um, everyday player. Really? Yeah, a potential everyday player for, for a 25-year-old reliever. I mean, he's fine. Kella's good. But it's just not. Really, um, something that you can do with where the farm is at. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't mind it. I, 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 really don't mind what they've done. You know, Brigman and Ellidge, they're, they're fine prospects. Um, they're not great, you know, and they're probably not going to do a whole lot in the MLB. And the Murray's got guys that will help them this year. Um, and maybe you know they resign a couple of them. You know, uh, maybe Maven comes back uh, next year. Maybe uh, Warren comes back. Hopefully, Warren comes back. As long as he pitches well um, in his time here, which I think he will, um, you know, some, you know, and Tui Valala, he helps them for the foreseeable future. So that's, you know, and from for what they got in consideration to what they, they gave up, it's not a whole lot. You know, and, and, and they did pretty well. They fared pretty well. Right. I will, I'm much. I'm so happy with what they
0: did, and I look at teams like Oakland who made one move, and, the, you know, Yuris is a good player, but that's it. And then, like, teams like San Francisco didn't do anything. So, <laughs> we're all happy up here in Seattle, but I, other, looking out it across the other platforms, there is not too many
2: happy fan bases right now. Right. There was a lot of movement um, by National League teams. There was uh, the Pirates added, the Brewers added, um, the Cubs added, the Dodgers added, Dallas. the Phillies added, and really the Mar- over the last two days, it's pretty much the Mariners adding was pretty much what happened. Um, you know, Cleveland added earlier, they added, uh, Simber and Hand, um, that was big. The, uh, Yankees added Hap and, uh, and Maryland. Britain and Lynn. So, I mean, those were, those were, those were big moves, sure, um. Like I said, Oakland Oakland had a deal um, to acquire Mike Fiers, who is a pretty decent starting pitcher for Detroit. Um, Probably would have been, realistically, their third best starter. I mean, that's how bad the A's rotation is right now. Um, And the deal fell apart. They had a deal agreed to, but it fell apart because the Oakland A's couldn't afford to pay Mike Fiers' contract. And, uh, you know, it's... It, it's a good reminder for Mariners fans that the Mariners did take on money when they traded for all these guys. Um, granted, not a lot of money because they're all rentals, but the Mariners... Yeah, did I think it's roughly pay. like
1: 4 or $5 million in total.
2: Right, and that, that probably eats up the rest of the Canoe Fund, um, which they they're pretty close to it. But the Mariners still have money that they can spend in August, and it sounds like they're going to be willing to spend in August. So if you're a Mariners fan... I mean, it, it's okay to be a little just dis- Like, if you wanted Matt Harvey or Kevin Gosman or whatever, Zach Wheeler, it's okay to be a little disappointed you didn't get those guys. But overall, the Mariners gave up very little um, in terms of major league talent to get uh, four players in the last three days, that in the last 24 hours, sorry, that really helped them in 2018. And let's not forget the deal they made back in May where they gave up nothing and got Alex Colomay and Denard Span, both of whom are major pieces right now. So yeah. when you look at what Jerry yeah. Poto has added over the last two months and some change, you're talking about six impact uh, players on your 25-man roster. And the best prospect he gave up is Bryson Brigman. Yeah, sign me up for that.
0: Absolutely. And looking at it, you know, from a perspective like that is uh, um, Denard Span's batting third for you now. Is that great? No, but he is. And you have a prolific eighth inning guy in Colomaine. And they added way back then. And really, like
2: you said, they didn't give anybody up.
1: Yeah. And let's not forget who's coming on August 14th.
2: That's right. So Perhaps the biggest addition of all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we're getting Robinson Cano back. You know, he won't play in the playoffs, which is stupid, especially when you consider uh, a certain other individual that just got acquired by
2: the Astros. Who? Um, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other podcast right there. Yeah, yeah. so. I got um, three hours on that scumbag. Yeah, so
1: anyway, we will not acknowledge that no, no, person. No. Who? Um, yeah, yeah. Who? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Robinson Canal uh, playing for you for a month and a half to, to get you in the playoffs. That's pretty solid, especially, you know, the Astros, they got some injuries going on. It depends on the range. If they if, if the Mariners win uh, tonight and you know tomorrow, they're a game behind the Astros. Uh, things things are pretty interesting here. Um, and, the, and the Mariners right now, uh, they did a lot more to get better than the Astros did uh, at the deadline. That that shouldn't be overlooked either. The Mariners did a lot more than both the Athletics and the Astros did. Um, you know, obviously the Astros are a really 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 <laughs> amazing team to start with. Uh, especially that that starting rotation. But they could add, you know, if they
2: wanted to. Let's be clear about this, though. The Astros need to be healthy. That's the best thing that could happen for them, and they will get healthy. But for now, like, I I looked at the lineup from last night that the Astros threw out there, and honestly, I was like, eh. Like, that's not – it's not like it was a bad lineup, but without Altuve and Correa – that lineup is pretty like, eh, like. Yeah, yeah. you just worry
1: about Bregman and
2: Springer and Gaddis. I mean, Guriel's okay. Yeah, he, but Guriel's fine, but he doesn't like the lineup that the Mariners threw out there last night is as good as the lineup the Astros threw out there, maybe better. Um, and that's with the Mariners oh, missing Seager. Yeah, that's what the Mariners yeah. missing Seager even so. Um, yeah, you know it's it's interesting. It's funny how how two games can completely change because uh, if we had done this podcast after the game on Saturday night against the Angels, I think all three of us would have been, um, you know, not in the best of mood, I guess would be the nicest way to put it. And now here we are two days later, um, and we're talking about, hey, could the Mariners maybe make a run at the division? Like it's crazy how two wins can yeah. just completely change everything. Uh, real fast before we move on, um it's official. The Brewers have released Brad Miller. He's a free agent, and uh, let, uh, let's let's kick that idea around a little bit, guys. Uh, Ty, I think you mentioned not wanting Romine on the team. What do you think about Brad Miller? Yeah. Is that an upgrade? Do you think? Um, so you know, the fun people over at uh, Lookout Landing, I believe it was
1: uh, Kate, that tweeted it out. You know, I never know because they have a lot of people friend in their account over there. Um, you know, she she reminded us that you know Brad Miller kind of had. Some issues, especially, like, you know, uh, as Andy events like pointed out, and that may have played a factor uh, into him being traded. Uh, you know, his issues with uh, not being mentored by Cano or what have you. Um, so that, I don't know if it's realistic, um, if that is actually a, a, you know, a factor that played into his uh, departure. You mean the thing that but, uh, happened three years ago? Yeah.
2: So, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, All right, you're not giving me the answer I want, Jeff. What do you think? <laughs> no, 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 no I'm not, right, not there. I, This is going to sound
0: bad because I've, I've wrote about Andrew Romine and how bad he's been. But I'd rather have Romine than Brad Miller. You guys are both fired. Just, <laughs> just for the simple fact that Romine, has a, he has a terrible bat, but Brad Miller does too. Um, Brad Miller strikes out more than he does. Uh, Brad does have more power, but Brad can't play every position that Romine can. Um, Interesting. I like the only thing that is keeping Romine on this team is his defensive um, uh, that he can versatility that he can play anywhere. Uh, 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 (laughs) And maybe not play good, but he could. I mean, or not great, but he he doesn't make errors. He he doesn't play, but he you know I don't know. He's better than Romine.
2: He's better than
1: Romine. I like
2: Romine. I just
1: okay. Just the trust factor
2: there, I guess. You just the ball's hit to him; you trust him to make the play. Is basically what you're saying.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sure. But okay. Let's. mainly what you're going to be using Brad Miller for is his bat coming off of the bench. Yes, he's struck out thirty. He's struck out 32.3 percent of the time this year, but he can also run into one every now and then. Um, This is having that.
2: Yeah, but Dan Vogelbach <laughs> can't even play first base. Uh, uh, I just, uh, just, I'd have to go. i have to
0: look at Brad Miller's numbers. I just remember Brad Miller making an error seem like every other. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. look.
2: And right. He's been playing first base for the last for the last couple of years with Tampa Bay. Yeah, uh, right, let me step pass. in here because Brad Miller's my guy. Uh, <laughs> let me se- first of all, you're both wrong. Um, anyways, here's where you're right. All right, I'll start there. Uh, Brad Miller is a terrible defender. Like, anywhere you put him, he's bad. Um, with the exception, he's actually been pretty good at second base uh, this year. At least in 132 innings, he has a 5.3 UZR, 150, um, plus one defensive run saved. Um, he's been pretty good there. But you have Cano, you have D, so you don't really need a second baseman. I think what a lot of this comes down to is shortstop. Right. I mean, you you want your utility guy to play shortstop, right? Yep. Well, for the Mariners, let me ask how how many innings of shortstop do you think the Mariners will need to cover, assuming Gene Segura stays healthy
0: for That's the rest of the year?
1: That's
2: a big assumption. Yeah, I'm just saying, big he, assumption. If he does, how many innings do the Mariners really need to cover for the rest of the year?
1: Thirty.
2: Thirty or forty yeah yeah so putting Brad Miller out there for 30 innings is not going to kill you. That's three games all right Now if he gets hurt, you have some problems there. but if Gene Singer gets hurt, you're also throwing Andrew Romine out there as your everyday shortstop. those are same those are problems too. So the thing about Brad Miller and this is why he's better than Romine and why I think he's a good fit. One, I don't care what happened three years ago. People change a lot in three years and if it was him, fine, whatever. I don't really care if Robinson Cano's feelings are hurt because Robbie lost a lot of leverage, so I don't care if he's upset about it. Uh, number two, the power is legit. We're talking about a guy who two years ago had 30 home runs, right? Um, he does, yes, he, he doesn't walk a lot. He strikes out a lot. The walk rate is actually about a little bit about league average, maybe slightly below, but, yeah, he strikes out a lot. But two forty-eight, three 413 from your utility man, who's maybe gonna play—I don't know—less than a hundred innings. I think from here until the end of the year. Am I wrong? Does that sound about right to you guys? hundred? No, he probably
1: makes twenty appearances.
2: Maybe, and you know, and then of course the left-handed power off the bench is uh, is definitely something that it's probably a little overrated, but I think it's useful. And by the way, um, in his. Uh, this year against right-handed pitching, Brad Miller has a 101 WRC+. Plus, so he's average there. Um, in his career, he's a 108 WRC+. Plus. So the guy can hit right-handed pitching pretty well. He's got pop. He's not. He can't hurt you too bad defensively because you're never going to use him. So you throw him on your bench. And in the late innings, when you're facing whatever, right, and you're facing a tough righty and Ryan Healy's up to bat, it, it'd be nice to be able to go to Brad Miller because we know that Ryan Healy's probably not going to hit a tough righty. Brad Miller might.
0: So, I just pulled this up. He's uh, in his short tenure with Milwaukee. He played in 34 innings at shortstop. Uh, he had three errors. Yeah. He's, so he's not a good shortstop. No. No. His fielding percentage there was seven six nine. So uh, he made three out of four throws
2: to, uh, to first base. <laughs> Which sounds about right for Brad Miller. But again, that, you're not going to ask him to cover shortstop. And by the way, let's let's hypothetically let's play through this, all right? Brett, uh, Gene Segura is your shortstop. Everything's going fine, de blah. Then he rolls his ankle. You know, knock on wood. Well, then you throw Brad Miller out there for four innings. Well, now he needs to go on the D- now Gene Segura needs to go on the DL. Okay, you know who can cover shortstop? D Gordon. He can cover shortstop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he can. And he, he, huh? No, but again, he can play there without embarrassing himself. You throw Segura yeah. on the DL. You call up Vince Vincey, I guess, is the new uh, utility man now that Beckham's out. Uh, we'll see if he uh, we'll see if he comes back. But Beckham was DFA'd the other day. Vincey can play shortstop pretty well. So if you're worried about defense, you call him up and you keep Brad Miller on your bench. So I don't. There's really, honestly, no need to ever play Brad Miller at shortstop. So I just I don't think, and this is something we talked about when we talked about uh, it was Josh Harrison before the Pirates decided that they were the best team in baseball. Josh Harrison didn't play shortstop, right? Well, you didn't really need him to. That's the thing. So for me, Brad Miller makes a lot of sense just because I don't care about his defense because I'm really never, ever really going to use him. So it's, if it's just an upgrade, it's a free upgrade over Romine. Um, you know, I would. Lo- I like Ty's idea of going out and getting a Solarte. That would be great. But they didn't, and we'll see what waivers happens. But I'm on board with Brad Miller. But I completely understand, Jeff, your idea of the only thing I want from my utility guy is don't make a mistake on the field. Like, that's fine. I get that. I do.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, I, I guess I'm just scorned. I was a big baseball card guy. For a long
0: time, and I, <laughs> I I put a lot of money into Brad Miller, and yeah, so that I lost a lot of out. money. No, him and Dustin Ackley almost bankrupt me. <laughs>
2: oh, also, wow.
1: you know, uh, Jason Churchill brought up this this idea that you know maybe they just get rid of the utility position altogether, get rid of Roll Nine, D Gordon becomes your emergency shortstop, Healy is your emergency D third, third baseman. Yeah, yeah.
2: So Cano will be you back know. to take second. You'll have five outfielders. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some merit to that, I think. Yeah, and so you know, as
1: much as I really, I think my whole thing with um, with Andrew Roman is just I just he's not a player that you should have on a contending team. Mm-hmm. Roman kind of just that guy that plays for like. You know, he's playing for the Tigers. You know, like he should be on like the White Sox or a team like that. Um, I think he should be other, on the Everett Aqua Sox. <laughs> I just, you know, he he's just not on a player that should be on a contending team. Um, so just really, my goal is just not having him on the roster uh you know he's, he's a nice he's a nice guy <laughs> like i don't have anything against him as a person he's just not a he's just not a ball player that is uh that should be on a contending team that's that really just comes down to that um if it's brad miller that replaces him i'm fine with that if it's no one if they go with uh, churchill's idea that's fine if it's Zach Vincy at least they're trying something different um i don't think that zach Vincy is Going to be better than Realm. He might. He's just younger. Uh, I still like. he's, he's been struggling even uh, in the minor leagues to hit. So I don't think that's that's much of an upgrade. Um, but you know, if they do that, they're at least trying something different. Uh, I just I don't know. You know, it's not it's not a huge problem. Obviously, right. you know, they have depth. They have depth on their on their on their bench right now. Um, yeah, I, it, honestly, at this point, I, I more so care about maybe backup catcher, you know, yeah. if there's a deal out there, maybe, um, in the waiver period. Um, yeah, I'm
2: not,
1: yep, <laughs> yep, yeah. that, that's, a, that's yeah. a legit
2: option. So yeah. uh, we spent way too much time talking about Brad Miller, and that's my fault. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, you should apologize. Hey, Jeff, you're supporting Andrew Miller, or you're, sorry, Andrew Romine, so uh, shut it. I in. would love to support Andrew Miller. Wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all? But uh, anyways, uh, so that's kind of what happened around uh, the Mariners. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, there weren't a lot of trades in the American League. The uh, The Tampa Bay Rays acquired Tommy Pham, which was surprising to everybody. Yep. And uh, it really ticked me off because the Mariners could have gotten him, but uh, you know, other than that, it, it, am I forgetting a trade that happened in the American League this morning, guys?
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> That's a good question. I, I guess you know. We you know already mentioned oh, Leonis Martel well, going. Yeah, but, Leonis. Yeah, Leonis to Cleveland, which I mean, we we've kind of already touched on. Baltimore sold, so I mean, nothing really. Nothing went to the American League team this morning. I don't think. I think Maven and Martine might have been it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that's that's really good.
2: Like the Twins yeah. sold, the Tigers sold, the Orioles Rangers sold. Yeah, the Jays. Yeah, I think they all sold to National League teams. So.
1: Yeah, so that's you know, well, that also tells you, you know, kind of the like, contrast between the AL and the NL this year. They. AL is—it's kind of set. It, you know, like the the A's and the and the Mariners are kind of the only double teams, quote unquote, in AAL. Um, and you know, even one of them will will make it in the end. Um, yeah, and then the yeah, and then the NL has like all these all these teams. But really, the thing that shocks me the most is the Pirates. I don't know why suddenly they think that they're. And in contention, they're a third-place team. I'm pretty sure they're eight games back yep. of uh, of the Cubs and the Central. I don't get trading us, the Meadows, and Tyler Glasnow for for Chris Archer, especially when you just traded Garrett Cole to the Astros for less. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. I don't get what the Pirates are doing. I don't think anyone really gets what I the kinda, Pirates I kind of like it.
0: Um, Archer's not a rental. Uh, he'll be there. he'll be there for a while. Um, they I don't know what they they must hate Austin Meadows. I think they <laughs> really don't. something because he should have been playing right field for them as soon as McCutcheon left, and he didn't. Uh, um, I like when they traded Cole. They got another starting pitcher. Musgrove's not bad. Uh, Colin Moran is there. He, was their plan to play every day third base? So it, that made sense. Um, I think it really just to spark the fan base a little bit and they got another they got a legitimate starting pitcher he's not great i don't think i think chris archer is a bit overrated the strikeouts are top of the line but that's it um and i i don't know i believe in the pirates pitching coach uh ray searidge i brought him up before i really believe in that guy so yeah, I, I i like
1: what i like it and i like that he's out of the american league yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, that's the one good thing is, like, we don't have to face Chris Archer anymore.
2: Well, so. you weren't anyways because you were done playing the Rays, but... Uh, yeah, well, but I mean, like,
1: in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting what the Pirates are doing. Um, this could be one of those cases where the short-term success of that uh, 12-game winning streak or whatever it was actually hurts them because I think fan graphs, as of this morning, had them as a 12% chance to make the playoffs uh giving up Meadows and Glass now uh, for a 12% shot. And, that, and that's uh, I just I don't I don't like it um, in terms of this year, but you know like Jeff said, they do get controllable a- asset in uh, Archer. Um, so we'll see you know I, they also they also got uh, Kla last night. Um, so you know I, I'm always in favor of teams going in when they think they can win. And the pirates think they can win. I, I don't necessarily agree with them, but I mean, good, good for them. Yeah.
1: Here's another little piece of news that I just came across. Uh, Red Sox have placed Chris Sale on the 10-day disabled list with left shoulder inflammation. So that's kind of a that's kind of a big uh, big deal. Um, he'll probably return from it. Um, oh yeah. Probably probably a month. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of a big deal. Uh, That's not like I mean, in the
0: summer, I was hoping to see somebody getting the three hundred strikeouts range again. <laughs> uh, so uh,
1: you know, um, things are kind of happening around uh, the contenders with injuries. You know, the Mariners had their fair share of it. Um, kind of towards the the start of the year, you know, um, the first couple of months, you know, like when D had the the toe and. Um, Gene had his thing, and yeah. So now it's just that When you know, see that, it does happen to uh, to other teams as well. Uh, the Astros, you know, missing Correa and and Altuve. Yankees are without Judge. Um, these are these are big names, and that's causing some teams to, to struggle a bit. And that's that's why suddenly the Mariners kind of have uh, you know a little bit of hope. Once again for the for the division um, because they can make up some ground here, you know. As long as Altuve and Correa are out, um, cushioning games. That's that's you know you know getting wins to 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 give you a bit of a cushion. That's 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 something that's very underrated <laughs> in this league. And um, yeah, if they can they can do that. That's that's big time. So I just saw this pop
0: up too 16 minutes ago. Uh, Colby's favorite player brad miller has been granted his release so he is now a free agent
2: yeah which means uh i think the biggest news about that is that you might be able to sign him as a minor league free agent um, yeah which means he wouldn't count against your 40 man right now um so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens with that um you know it is what it is um, we'll see what
1: happens so, who else were you guys uh, impressed with? Obviously, the the big name, uh, you know, the big team that won the deadline is clearly the the Rays. Yep. But um, who else really jumped out to you guys? And
0: the Dodgers going after Brian Dozier that that was kind of a surprise. I mean, it, he is a rental, but they got to give up Logan Forsythe for it. So that that's a win all around for the Dodgers. That was kind of surprising. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's definitely Tampa for me. Um, if I had to buy stock for a team that was going to win the World Series two years from now, I might buy Tampa stock because uh, that's a young team that just got two really good prospects on it. Um, they have a bunch of players I like. And, by the way, they're going to flip Tommy Pham this winter after he has a nice second half here, and they're going to get more than they gave up for him. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Tampa Bay, to me, is the winner. I, I like what Philadelphia did um, in getting Ramos. I think that's a pretty big move. Uh, yeah, got his dribble football. as well. Yep, yeah, and I think Aaron Loop as well. So uh, I would say, you know. kind was our off-season plan. Yeah. I mean, our trend adli- trend yeah. de- ah, trade deadline, deadline plan. Plans. Right, yeah. mean, catcher utility and the lefty specialist. Yep, so, but yeah, I would say uh, Tampa Bay, for me, is far and away the winner. Um, I like what Philly did. And I also do like what the
1: Dodgers did. So, yeah, I yeah, for me, um, I like the Dodgers trade. Um, I, I like what the Brewers did, even though I don't entirely get it. Um, but adding a uh, couple of infielders like Mustakis um, and Scope is never necessarily a bad thing. It's just how are you going to uh, play them <laughs> all <laughs> at once? Um, well, especially I, on an NL uh, team. I saw a tweet about that. Um, gosh, who was it?
0: I don't remember. It was a fantasy guy, though. But saying that uh, uh, Scope is going to play shortstop, because Shaw now at second, and Moose is at third. So, that could be... Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily punting defense on that side, but I'm. Not, I am do not know. I don't know much more about scope defensively, but shot second was kind of surprising.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, but uh, you know, shout out to uh, to in the brew uh, our um, fan sided uh, brewers blog. They uh, they mentioned that their return for the Jonathan Lucroy trade uh, is now all gone, uh, and the other player that was that they sent to Texas in that trade, Jeremy Jeffress. Um is now back with them. But the players that they gave up uh or the players mm-hmm. that they got back from Texas in that trade got them Christian Yelich, uh Mike Mustachis and uh Jonathan Scuff. That's pretty big. That's what Texas, that's a pretty huge turnaround. I'm a
0: big Yelich guy too. Like a I've unhealthy love for Christian Yelich.
2: Yeah, he's uh he's pretty good. So uh yeah, you know, uh that's why it's always, uh, it's always good to sell when you know you're out of it. Or even if you think, like, I think the Nationals missed an opportunity uh, by not doing anything. That was surprising. Um, and I'm not saying they should have traded Bryce Harper, but I think they should have more seriously considered it. They could have traded uh, Gio Gonzalez. I mean, look what the Yankees got for Hap. Gio Gonzalez is as good as Jay Hap, So uh, I, I think the Nationals missed out, but... Uh, you know, well, they
1: decided <laughs> too late.
2: Yeah, and I get wanting to wait and all that stuff, but you know, sometimes you guys just have to you have to make a decision and roll with it. Um, which is why I'm a little bummed that the Mariners didn't try and sell last year, um, you know, more than they did. And now uh, it worked out. Um, obviously, it worked out because you look at Marco Gonzalez and Mike Leak right now, two huge pieces that were acquired yeah. uh, last season and uh but you know there's just these I like I like what Tampa did because even though Tampa is kind of sort of maybe in it if they get really you know they 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 sold I mean they sold when they were still like four or five games over 500 they're like no nope, we we know this isn't our year and they sold and they had a plan and they stuck to it and I think they came out better for it so uh you know, on the Mariners side of things, I'm really happy that they didn't go like, they didn't go halfway in. They didn't just add one guy. They went out there and they added guys to, uh, to make them better and to hopefully win a playoff spot. So, and there's still an opportunity to add in August. So, uh, I think overall, uh, all three of us would agree the Mariners had a good trade deadline, right? Yep. Yeah, And, uh, you know, we'll certainly talk about August trade candidates down the line. Um, do you guys? Did you guys happen to have any August trade candidates right now, or?
0: Yes, I do. Oh. I have one big one.
2: All right, go for it. Right.
0: Gio
1: Gonzalez.
2: There you go. Just talked about him. So yep. yeah, that'd be cool. Uh,
1: another name, Daniel Murphy. Uh, if you do, if you do want to look at. Uh, Utility option. I mean, he's incredible in the playoffs, and that gives you another first-base option if you're not too comfortable with Ryan Healy. Yeah.
0: Um, another one, too, if he's healthy, since we're picking on the Nationals, I guess, if he's healthy, Ryan Zimmerman. Huh. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then some other names. Uh, yeah, if you guys do still want a starting pitcher, I know you guys do. You guys <laughs> love the idea yeah, of starting pitchers. Uh... <laughs> you know, Jordan Zimmerman is someone that that could be a possibility. We've talked about him quite a bit. Um, Mike Miner, I uh, wrote a traded, traded Day piece about him a couple days ago. He could be a possibility. Um, I don't know. There's, there's no one that's too attractive on the starting uh, pitching market. Another name, uh, if we're looking at utility again, Derek Dietrich. He, uh, surprisingly didn't get traded today From the, from the Marlins Um So that's, that's another interesting name uh, A couple more guys Uh, Matt Adams Uh, first baseman
0: Uh, lefty first baseman That could be, he could help Uh, Mark Reynolds, I guess Since I'm, I guess I'm picking on the Nationals But, uh I mean, those two guys right there are not long-term pieces for the Nationals. I could see them mo- getting moved to somewhere. Uh, Jay Bruce, if he is healthy, from the Mets, uh, things like that.
2: Like I, I, got, I got two names for you, and uh, guys, we will talk about these these guys more in depth when we podcast in August. We'll certainly have articles up about trade guy, guys who might be traded in August. Um, You know, the Mariners may, uh, the deadline may be long gone, but uh, the Mariners, I don't, I put the over under at one and a half uh, more trades for the Mariners in August, and I'm probably taking the over. Um, Yeah, same. Yeah, but anyways, uh, here's two names from the Minnesota Twins that I think have a chance to clear waivers, or at least get to you in the waiver system. Uh, Jake O'Dorizzi, starting pitcher, 28 years old got a year of club control after this uh he's been pretty good um not great but pretty good and uh, also Irvin Santana who's coming back from injury um he's he's got a 14 million dollar option next year he probably gets through waivers and if the twins are interested in moving him I am interested in buying him so uh I would say Irvin Santana and Jake Odorizzi also two names to watch yeah all right guys so uh that pretty much wraps things up here. Um, you guys have any uh, final thoughts you want to share?
1: Um, well, well, we'll talk about this next week, uh, I'm sure. Uh, but my message to everyone on Twitter is uh, stop backing up, Felix. <laughs> dude sucks he's washed I'm sorry I appreciate everything he's done for the for the organization. He's washed now he sucks put him on the DL at the back for the for, for the rest of the year get a new starter in here in August it's done Just he doesn't help anymore. he's he's killing this team every fifth day. it's an automatic loss. I'm tired of it I'm tired of hearing you guys tweet at us. About how he's not that bad. Oh, he he was good for these four innings. It's just this one inning when he gave up six wins. That was really bad. Stop. Okay? Tired of hearing it. No more. Felix is bad. Accept it. Jeff.
0: <laughs> well, um, I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh. <laughs> I enjoy our fans. No, no, no. No, you're right about Felix. It's. I think it's just time. Um, I think even he knows it. Uh, Scott kind of painted a picture uh, in his interview on Sunday. Uh, he said he didn't get to really talk to have that sit-down meeting with Jerry yesterday because of some trades and stuff. And I'm sure uh, maybe that meeting happens tomorrow, maybe even today, but... I, I'm kind of sick of the, the the narrative that the sky is falling. Oakland is so good, and uh, you know the yeah. Mariners are just going to go back re- do what the Mariners do. Blah blah blah. I'm so sick of that narrative, and you know, oh well, they did. They were so good back in 2014 or whatever. This is a completely different team than it was back then. Um, I'm kind of just sick of the you know, and maybe maybe I'm in the wrong here because they have they've been in a drought for 18 years, but. I'm just sick of that. <laughs> this is a new team. Have some fun. This is the best team that they've had since 2003. Just let it happen. Enjoy the ride. You know, this is, winning baseball does not happen in Seattle very often. Let's let's just take a step back, breathe a little bit. They're in the playoffs as if it started today. Let's go, go damn Mariners.
2: Yeah. There you go. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Jeff, that was really well said, and that's kind of my thinking of, uh, you know, just let it be, man. Let it be. There's nothing you can do that's going to change things. Be mad, but don't come back at me a week later and be like, well, the Mariners suck. They blew that lead against." I don't care, man. Just have fun. And by the way, if you're a Felix guy and you want to scream at me about loyalty, uh, last time I checked, Felix is still cashing a check where he's getting $27 million a year for his loyalty. So I don't care about loyalty. I really don't. Um, but I guess I'll use my final time to uh, make a point, um, and that is that Juan Nicasio, pretty dang good. Um, yeah. And I know the easiest thing in the world is to dump on Nicasio, and I get it, guys, because he'll come in, and I'll be and there will be times where I'm like, uh-oh, like, this is going to be bad. But you look at his numbers – he has an 11.38K per nine, a .89 walks per nine. He's walking less than a hit, less than one batter per every nine innings he pitches. His home run rate is fine. Uh, his FIP is 2.69. His XFIP is 3.15. His F4 is .9. The guy's been good. Deal with it. He had three bad outings. By the way, he's appeared in 44 games. Three of them were bad. The rest of them, pretty dang good. So... I would say, you know, I guess just you have a good bullpen now, all right? And, yes, I'm going to keep screaming for uh, for Edwin Diaz to come in and face Chris Davis in the eighth inning with, you know, a runner on third and one out. Yes, that's going to keep happening. But it's because I have no trouble trusting uh, Alex Colomay or Juan Nicasio or James Pazos or Adam Warren even to come in and save a game. So, Stop bashing on Juan Nicasio. He's been good, whether you want to admit it or not. He's not a problem. He's actually a, a very important player, and uh, he's he's been good. So uh, leave him alone. Start trusting the guy. And the same thing goes for Colome. Yeah, he had three bad outings. The rest of the time, he's been nailed. So stop stop attacking Nicasio. He's been
1: fine. And two has bad outings for Colome came yeah. against his his old team. So right.
0: So. I just want to make one more point, too. Sure. Uh, that tweet, was it yesterday? or, or No, it was a couple days ago. That, uh, that I, I don't even know who he is. I, I know the name, that softy Dave Softy yeah. or whatever. I yep. can't stand the guy. That tweeted, oh, good morning. The Mariners still owe these players $60 million. Get over it. That's baseball. Felix Hernandez is the only bad contract on this team, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm...
1: Stop it. It was uh, not fault. Yeah, <laughs> our, 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 aren't the Yankees only are paying Jacoby Ellsbury like $26 million a year to just do nothing? So Basically. Uh, yeah, every team
0: has bad contracts. Whatever. You know, at the time when Felix got that contract, he was worth every penny. So, sorry. yeah. You know, and, and with Robinson Cano, you had to pay that much to get him to come over here. And Whatever you know, I'm I'm just I'm so sick of the. I keep saying it back again, I guess, but I'm so sick of though the Mariners suck. The Mariners have always sucked. Blah blah blah.
1: Woe is me. Stop. So, let's let's keep in mind that the regime that gave all these contracts is not here anymore. Yeah, They're <laughs> right. gone. Right? So you know. <laughs> so, so yeah. So uh, you know that's, that's not Depoto's fault. You know, a lot of people put the blame on Depoto for gutting the farm system. <laughs> it's like, there was no farm system to begin with.
0: <laughs> is it like the top five or six guys in the farm system right now, according to
2: Pipeline, uh, all Depoto guys anyways? So yeah. Uh, yeah. I, think, uh, I think nine of the top ten are all Depoto guys. So, uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. So there wasn't much to gut anyways. Uh, the tweet you're talking about is from uh, Dave Softy Mahler of uh, KJR. Says the good morning. The Mariners owe Felix Hernandez, Robinson Cano, Kyle Seager, and Juan Nicasio eighty million dollars next year. Enjoy your Sunday. Well, first of all, Juan Nicasio, as we just discussed, has been good, so throw him out. That's fine. I want one, I want Juan Nicasio on this team. Uh, second, Felix Hernandez's contract is over after next season. You can carry a bad contract for one more season. What you don't do, if the Mariners re-sign Felix to an extension and give him big money, come back and talk to me, Dave uh Robinson Cano, by the way, he's been worth the contract he's gotten uh which is yep. crazy to think about, but so far there's not really been any sign of a decline um at least statistically um he's a superstar yeah, he's been fine and then Kyle Seeger <laughs> yeah, Kyle Seeger, yeah, he's had a bad year at the plate he's still gonna be a three win player and by any kind of free agent uh, metric it, the comment is what uh seven million dollars per win that's what a player's worth. Kyle Seager's worth 3 wins. That's $21 million. Kyle Seager's making 19. Stop. He's fine. Like no, he's not exceeding his contract, but he is earning his contract. And yeah, a lot of that's defense, not offense, but God, we'll yeah, for- find a better cheaper third
0: baseman and a second baseman to replace those two guys. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, so calling you out.
2: <laughs> yes, because he'll absolutely listen to this podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure.
2: So anyway, so, I my tweet too. There
1: you should go. we uh, should we tease what's coming up on the next episode? Go for Kobe. it, guy. Uh, so uh, next episode is going to be pretty pretty fun. We got um we got a special guest for the first time on our podcast. Uh, John Tropin from um, Lookout Landing is going to be joining us. He uh, is a very knowledgeable baseball person and uh, uh, yeah, he'll be giving us, uh, his insight on the trade deadline, Felix, um, and, you know, potential August, uh, candidates, so we'll see, and, um, and we'll just have fun and, uh, Talk yeah, baseball. give you guys some good content. Yeah, where's the, the next podcast supposed to be coming out? August 5th is what we're aiming for, uh, but we'll see with John's schedule, um, we're still kind of working that out.
2: Okay. Alright guys, so uh, yeah, be sure. We will keep you updated on that. Um, also, all the links to the, uh, all the links of the articles that we wrote about the Mariners' latest acquisitions will be in the description below. Make sure you subscribe if you're listening on iTunes or uh, or Stitcher or Google Music or whatever. Subscribe um, so that you get an automatic download. Um, you know, and let us know what you guys want us to talk about. Certainly we're not going to, you know, we're not gonna just talk about whatever we want. If you guys want us to address a certain topic, let us know. And uh, you know we'll we'll talk about it on the podcast and we'll probably even write an article for you. Um, you know, this is your guys's website, Ty and I and uh, Jeff, we're just kind of trying to give you guys what you want. So anything you guys want, let us know. We will try to get to it in the next podcast. Um, but for now, all I can say is go Mariners, be happy with what you have. Um, right now the Mariners did a good job Jerry DiPoto deserves a nice uh nice round of applause and at the end of the day the Mariners are what three games back of the Astros for the division lead and they're two games back two games ahead of the Oakland A's for the wild card spot Jeff said it earlier go damn Mariners and I'll see you guys in another life